You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning and welcome into a Thursday edition of Inside the Locker Room 205-342-9904. If you'd like to jump in on the show with us this morning, the X account at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson 1. Email for the show, Wimp and Barry at Yahoo.com. Download the Tide 100.9 app to your smartphone. Not only can you listen to us anywhere you go, there's a chat box there. We get a lot of messages throughout the day i was getting them all day uh yesterday so you can go up in the right hand corner uh send us a message i hadn't figured out uh justin i don't even know is there a way for us to message people back or is that just them sending to us uh, i didn't even know i i can message them okay, back in here yeah okay uh, so it's something that we need to message you back if you're just sending a comment in then a lot of times we'll read those out on the air. Before we get started, though, we want to thank our great sponsor uh, for Inside the Locker Room, and that's Yellowwood Pressure Treated Pine. Of all the colors, yellow is the most important, at least when it comes to building outdoors, no matter what your project is this season. A pier, a deck, fence, pergola, be sure to head down to your local Yellowwood dealer for Yellowwood brand, Pressure Treated Pine. Yellowwood offers the best protection against rot, Fungal decay and termite attacks. So it's no wonder Yellowwood is the brand of choice when building outdoors. If you're going to build, build it right. Go to yellowwood.com to find a dealer closest to you. And always remember, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. Uh, good morning, Dad. How are you this morning? Uh, doing okay. Uh, last night's scores in the SEC. Figured I, I missed one, I think. Uh, home teams continues to win. I'll give you a number on that later. Uh, Mississippi State went to Kentucky and got beat 90 to 77. State's supposed to be good defensively. They weren't last night. I watched a little bit off and on. LSU, uh, the Wright kid, uh, Jordan Wright, got 27 last night. He had 14, four people in double figures. Uh, been, been a surprise to me. He's done a nice job with them. We had, I think Wright's, one of them has gotten eligible. It's helped him a great deal. But they, uh, they beat Ole Miss, who I thought was going to be the most improved team. Uh, they may, may still be. 89 to 80 for a win there. And then Auburn went to Vanderbilt and cracked them pretty good, 80 to 65. So, uh, we're now, we're now tuned up now for this Saturday at, uh, I believe it's at one o'clock where Alabama will go to Tennessee and play. They won the four games. I thought they probably would. But anyway, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with basketball. We'll have some more talk about basketball this season as, as the night goes on, as the morning goes on. Uh, a lot of trust in DeBoer, I think, by a lot of the players. But even though we have a lot of people leaving, I can't tell you, you know, Caleb, whether he's leaving or not, Proctor, the offensive tackle, may go. There's a back and, it's a lot of back and forth as to what's going to happen. And about the time they decide to do one thing, they change their mind, do something else. So we'll see. Barry may know what by it, and I do. But I, I, think, Proctor, I, think, I think Proctor, I'm. Um, do know that situation. Well, I think he's homesick. He's from Iowa. Uh, got a girlfriend back in that area, and 
was even considering it when Coach was here. So we'll yeah. see. They may can talk him out of it. But uh, I understand that. So anyway, that's what that. That's uh, what I, that yeah, about. and uh, yeah. Okay, so we'll see what happens. Just back and forth. And let me explain something to you about this Auburn thing. They're going to hire Derek Nix. They're going to make him the OC. He's not going to call plays. And what and what what uh, they've done at Auburn. What he's done at Auburn to get somebody that you could refer to as the OC, so they'll have an offensive coordinator that worked with him at Ole Miss, who will study the stuff and then talk to him about it. Won't won't he won't uh, he won't consider won't say anything to uh, to anything about the plays. But he's going he's going to be offensive coordinator, head coach is. And Patrick Nick is going to be there. We're back to exactly what's happened. He will not call plays. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Apple White, uh, who was at Alabama for a stint, and uh, people didn't like him because they don't like the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Uh, they didn't like him then either, and he's going to be the new head coach at South Alabama. Good for him. FSU has been um, taken to court for trying to make the breach of contract to get out of the ACC, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, today, uh, Alabama uh, UAB beat Tulane. Good win for them last night. Today, we're having Bucky McMillan on, who I think is a terrific coach. He's one of the first coaches I talked about him the other day. You know, in, in basketball, you press after a maid because the ball's got to be thrown in from out of bounds. Bucky McMillan, he was laughing about it the other day, presses after a miss. And it is very, very effective. He is 17-2 and beating Western Carolina. And so I'm happy to have a guy on that it's hard to win there, just as hard to win there as it is in the SEC. So go have a basketball guy on the second second hour, 815. That's all I got there. Um, all right. Um, when you were talking about, um, you've said this all along, and I, I guess I didn't. No, I knew it was a problem. Following Nick Saban was going to be, when he leaves, it's going to end, it's going to be impossible. And I, I really, uh, felt like it would be as well. It's even been worse than I thought here initially. Now we'll see how it all plans out because Alabama could get a bunch of transfers now in the spring too because they're going to have a lot of openings. But we're finding out people. I know all these people here are talking about the script A and all that and the tradition of Alabama and these guys leaving. They're, they're missing out on a legacy. These players, as you found, as we're finding out, it's like Caleb Downs' dad was interviewed. They came for Nick Saban. It had nothing to do with the university. He just happened to be coaching the University of Alabama. They were coming. You don't see, that's why they weren't taking as many in-state kids, the love of Alabama. These guys were signing for this coach. Uh, and when this coach left and their, position coaches leave then these guys are leaving um and so i think that's making it even more difficult now coach DeBoer, i think is a good a good man good coach getting a good yeah. staff but it's going to take some time for him to put his stamp on yeah. this program where they're coming for coach DeBoer. these guys don't go for this i know we like to think they're going for the school but they're going mostly for the coaches aren't they uh right. in these oh, situations? They are. that's right you're correct uh and we that you and I understood this a long time ago. We used to have Joe Gaither was our uh producer and we used to argue with him about this all the time. The NIL, to be quite honest with you, Justin, is not really the problem. Everybody keeps talking about the NIL is the problem. We gotta put guardrails up on the NIL. Let me explain this to you guys. If the transfer rule was like it used to be, 
and you had to sit out a year, first of all, you wouldn't have to pay these guys this much money because we're a microwave society. We want somebody that can help us now. Caleb Downs, Proctor, all these guys at Alabama think they're going to the NFL. They would not leave if they had to sit out a year. I don't care about NIL, PIL, WIL, whatever. If they had to sit out, Justin, they would not go. So it's not the NIL. NIL is a little bit of a problem. It's the transfer rule. Go back to the old rule, and I guarantee you, 75% of these guys won't be transferring. Uh, Dad, I want to get your take on that. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think the transfer rule is uh, certainly detrimental in this particular case. And a lot of, I think in all the cases, you know, you can't, you, you have to be careful. You know, I was hard on my guys. Everybody said I was different. And, you know, people that laughed and said they had all quit me. Uh, and some of them would have. But let me tell you something. People quit, people quit now, regard everybody's unhappy about something. The people that are listening to this show are unhappy about something. Everybody is. So if you're unhappy about something and you decide you're going, you're going to move, uh, and it's not going, you're not going to hurt you and you're going to do better, then you, you, you don't need to move. You need to stay where you are. And, uh, making it that easy is a killer for you. Like Barry said, you, you can't, you can't just, you know, I can't, I can't get on to Barry and all of a sudden he's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to take his crap. I'm not, I'm, I'm gone. And, uh, it's, it's the, the, the easiness of the, of the ability to, to transfer is killing us. That is the, yeah, that's the problem. It's not yeah. the money. Yeah. Like these guys coming in, I don't know what Caleb Downs making. These guys aren't getting a pile of money coming in. Now when they get there and they're good, they, their money starts to increase. But if they get there and they're good, then they go to the portal, then the money gets ridiculous. But if they had to sit out a year, I guarantee these schools wouldn't be giving them, and they wouldn't leave. Caleb Downs ready to get to the NFL. He, in two more years, I don't care where he goes. He's going to NFL. He would not go sit out a year if, if he had to. And so that's the problem. So that's where the Congress needs to get, get in. If you graduate, fine. You should be able to go wherever you want and be immediately eligible. But it, you're not going to graduate in one year. All right, to the Yellowwood Hotline, bring Tom in. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Coach. How are y'all this morning? Okay. We're good. You know, uh, I, I think you got a valid point there about Alabama. Uh, uh, the thing about it is, uh, you can rebuild your, uh, team fairly quickly with the transfer portal if you got a basically, uh, a, a decent core for your team and you can add to it out of the, uh, the transfer portal pretty quick. Don't you agree with that? I mean, Alabama's getting hit right now really hard, but when the time comes, there'll be available players. And uh, if you're smart about it, I'm not saying you can build a national championship team in six months or anything like that, but you can offset some of the losses if you use the transfer portal correctly. Don't you agree with that? Yeah, they're going to have to use it in the spring. In the spring, they're going right, to have a lot right, of right. opening. Right, time it opens. Yeah, the next time it opens. But I'm saying if these kids had to sit out a year, none of these kids would be leaving at the, oh, at the Power that, 5 yeah. level. They wouldn't. Well, the ones that you'd be getting rid of are the ones that can't play, and they will, they're not in demand anyway. But the good ones, at this level, they wouldn't be going, Tom. Do y'all know, uh, uh, Coach, one of your buddies on uh, the uh, – 
Birmingham Station, you know, you make a couple of appearances on there yeah. every week. And, and one of your main guys is Pat Smith, right? Uh, and, and Pat's been yeah. in radio for a long time. He's credible yeah. uh, with, with the things he says. Yeah, he's a I big think. buddy. He's a big buddy, you know, who's. And uh, but, but but you would agree, Pat. Pat knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I think so. I think Pat's good. He's good on radio, sure. Yeah, he's pretty good at it. He made a statement yesterday. Not he wasn't on the radio in Birmingham. But he was on another station that sometimes I listen to. It just so happened late in the afternoon. Pat was on that station, and and Pat said that coaches told him. Uh, that if everybody knew how these players had been between the regular season and the bowl season, even the playoffs, if they knew how players had told them, said, you know what, if I play in that bowl, you better come with some money. Otherwise, I'm not playing in it. And that went for the playoff teams, too. They told them, said, look, you want me to play in that playoff game? You better jack up some money. I'm not playing now. Pat Smith said that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's correct. So uh, we got, we got, uh, the, you know, the root of all evil is money, and we got the two factors that that are important, and that's uh, playing time and and money. Now, in the case where Barry talked about the kid uh, wants to go back because of his girlfriend, it's hard to stop that. Uh, I've seen that. Yeah, well, he was one of the ones that, uh, my understanding, he was one of the ones that they basically had to bribe him to play in the uh, playoff game. Yeah, that's something I don't know about, but Pat probably does. You're probably correct on that, yeah. Sorry. Anything else? Yeah, that's, yeah. Do you think, even in the Final Four, those teams as well, or just the other bowl games? Both. Both Alabama had the situation with Proctor, and uh, you you brought it up. He was homesick, and his girlfriend's from up there. He wasn't even going to come back after that break at Christmas, and there had to be some bribing going on to get him to even play. Yeah. And some others, too. Some yeah. others, too. I'll tell you. But tell it, you wasn't, uh, it wasn't just Alabama. It wasn't just Alabama, though. The uh, the the listeners on radio shows, the ones that are more so not our radio show, but on uh, late afternoon radio shows, need to be smart enough to go easy. Things not going to be perfect. Uh, they were. Oh, I was there. They, they need to go easy. They, they they need to understand that so much happens that you and I can't talk about, and we don't know and we don't know about. And this this should have happened. Well, should have happened. And that's bad. It's bad business to, to I think the board's a good man. I think he'll do a good job. I, I do too. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good person and all that. However, uh, I don't know how that's going to stack up in today's uh, environment in college football. Let me ask y'all this, and then I'm going to get out of the way. I want your opinion on this. I, I'm going to predict that in two years, the, the game that we have learned to love and enjoy over in the past is over. It's over, and you're not going to know who's playing where. It's all, You know, basketball is almost like that. You just basically watch basketball because you like to watch basketball. But as far as watching somebody develop and getting to know who's on your team all like that, you're not going to know crap about it. And, and I think the game that we know and love 
it's basically going to be over. The people our age and, and, and so forth. Yeah, the people our age, uh, when we see Isaiah Bond getting in a Lamborghini, it makes you want to throw up. Like he, I mean, he hasn't worked hard enough in life to be able to get into a Lamborghini. And so are you really wanting to, uh, contribute, uh, to Yay Alabama and these NIL for these kids to get into a Lamborghini? Uh, you don't mind That's helping what them. I'm talking you don't about, mind right helping them if they can need to help mom at home. They need to get some groceries, but th- to help them get a Lamborghini. You can, you can, oh, yeah. I, you're right. If that stuff right. keeps going on, I'll, I'll stop watching college athletics. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it don't hey, mean that much to only, me. You're not, the, <laughs> you're not the only one that said that. I've talked to a lot of people that is uh, from your age up to my age up to Coach Sanderson's age, and they're going, you know what? I don't know how long I'm going to be able to hang in here with it. Anyway, matter thank you. Fact, uh, yeah, matter of fact, Texas should be embarrassed that that was even put out uh, like that. that that's just. That's embarrassing. Uh, so you're just trying to, I don't know. Maybe I'm too old school. Royal Cleaners, pick up and delivery. They'll come right to you. Pick up all your cleaning, get it cleaned up, deliver it right back. They want to make life easy for you. If you want to drop off, you drop off today, pick up tomorrow. University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, North Porter, 4851 Rice Mine Road. For all your cleaning needs, Royal is the best. 205-391-0034. You listen to Tide 100.9. Is he home of Alabama Sports? Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. You're waking up to 22 degrees across the region as this cold snap continues. Although we don't have any widespread reports of roadway ice to contend with this morning. Not to say there might not be some around, but does not appear to be a major problem. You're moving along nicely if you're traveling along 2059 from Foster's on out to Cottondale and Lurling Wallace crossing over the U Thomas Bridge to Jack Warner. You're in good shape there as well. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Thursday morning. Gets cold out there. Temperatures in the low 20s all across West Alabama. And there still is some patchy ice on roadways. And while most schools in the region reopen this morning, the doors of Demopolis City Schools will remain closed. That's due to low water pressure caused by nearly drained water tanks. Green County and Walker County Schools are doing virtual learning today, while Jasper City Schools are closed. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news. It's free throughout the day. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Towns and East Years ago, Jimmy Rain decided that the best way to advertise Great Southernwood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, Protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy today. The chance of some light rain this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 45. Tonight's low, 32. Tomorrow, clearing, breezy and colder. The high, 38. Very cold on Saturday. The sky sunny. The high at 30. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 25 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today.
Welcome back. Yellowwood pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If you don't, if you want, doesn't have that yellow tag on it, you don't want to go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer closest to you. All right, Yellowwood hotline, get Philip in. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, y'all. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, uh, do do y'all remember how much money, uh, Alabama, uh, gets during the spring, during those meetings when they get that TV revenue check? Well, it's, it's, it's a big amount. I, I, I bring that up a lot. Um, and I think, uh, in some cases, the athletic director, if he hired you as a football coach, you get more because they want you to succeed more. If you walk in there and in, in that's happened at Alabama, if you didn't hire him and somebody else comes in there, uh, you may not get as much because they may not like you. But, yeah, there's a lot of money there. Now, what, what when you think about, Philip trying to feed and house and pay for the, all the scholarships that are with the ladies and with the men, there ain't no money left. Well, that's right. And um, and that's why I, I think, yeah, Alabama, I mean, it's it's a nice Nice thought. It's a nice thing, and once you get on RollTide.com, it's you know once you find it, you can you know work through that and donate the money that you want to give. But you know, I think they bragged the other day that they had seven hundred people sign up for it after Coach DeBoer got hired, and I imagine most of those people probably did the eighteen dollar level per month that's reoccurring. And if you divide that out, if you multiply that out times a year. That's one hundred fifty-one thousand um, dollars, but I, you know, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be real simplistic, but they would also do well to hand a bucket out at the game to go down every aisle, and I guarantee you, ninety-five thousand fans would probably put in the equivalent of five dollars, and you'd, you'd probably make half a million dollars at the game. Yeah, well, it wouldn't hurt you to do that, you know that. They'll, they, some some people will think that's tacky. I'm not, I'm not saying it is, but that's what some mm-hmm. people think. They don't have enough money to do it on their own, but they don't realize the cost of of putting ladies and men through college and paying everything that it does for them. It's, it's unbelievable. Oh, I, I know. So, and yet Alabama doesn't just do football; it's to help all the athletes over there. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think they've got to figure out a way to take that revenue check from TV, and they got to. I'm sure they already use it for for oh, they're not, yeah. when they're collected. But I'm oh, sure they are. Maybe what they need to do is change the transfer portal rule. And these guys, you won't have to spend as much money because these top guys they're not leaving because they're not sitting out of here. They're trying to get to the NFL. So and Barry, I mean, you're right, Barry. I mean, you know, the 30 days in December. And then you got the 15 days in the spring, and now, due to the fact that a 72-year-old gentleman decided to to make a normal life decision, retiring, Alabama gets hit with a Penn State-like penalty uh, for for their ill repute for their bad actions when Sandusky was there with another 30-day penalty. It's a penalty. Yeah, uh, Marlon Humphrey. A lot of people are mad at him. Uh, they're saying he's a part of why this is happening. Uh, you know, he went to Twitter after coach retired and mm-hmm. he said, uh, I would have been in that portal so fast after I heard Saban retiring, laugh out loud. Now, if he was joking, I don't know. He is from Hoover. He, well, he went fast to start with. <laughs> huh? 
he went he went pretty quick to start with. No, I'm talking about Marlon Humphrey. Who's... I know it. Marlon Humphrey left after the sophomore season, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, he redshirted. He was here three years. They, they redshirted him his freshman year, and then he played two, and he was gone uh, to the NFL. But, you know, he's got a $95 million contract now or something. But mm. a lot of the Alabama fans are saying that that's why a lot of the, these kids are going to the portal because Marlon said he would have left too as safe. And I don't know if he was kidding or what. Do you really think people sit around and read that and they're going to decide whether they're going to the portal or not based on what Marlon Humphrey said? I, I did I read, hope not. I did read Caleb Downs' dad played in the NFL. I think they've got plenty of family money. He just said that, you know, Caleb is uh, came to Alabama for Nick Saban. He wanted to run Nick mm-hmm. Saban's defense. And uh, the guys that, that coached him and all were no longer here. Uh, so... He decided to make a change. Uh, there's, I guess there's no uh, relationship with his staff. Now, you wish he would stay. If he didn't have that 30-day window, he he could stay and go all the way through the spring. And then if he didn't like the situation, he could he could leave then. But not that's not the case now. So these guys want to go ahead. And he said it will be 48 hours, and we will know where he's going because time and there is going to either be Georgia uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and one other who, that's who they had it down to. So they already have a relationship with those guys. But, uh, mm. I imagine by the day you'll know probably where he's going. Uh, but I he, think the odds are, the odds are it's going to be Georgia and Kirby is going to post a picture with him and Tavares Robinson and they're going to be hugging. I guarantee you. I don't. See, I think Kirby works more behind the scenes. That, that, that's why everybody that was clamoring for Lane Kiffin to get the job, and then yesterday he puts a picture up of pulling into Alabama, into Tuscaloosa, and then a picture of leaving. You know, I guess he's meaning kids come here and they transfer out, or either he's here. I know he's got Amos coming over to visit. He he just makes fun of you, and I don't know why. I think people, he thinks it's cute, but I don't know why people just clamor to Lane Kiffin. I've never have understood that. Hey, hey, uh, guys, how many times are we going to go to the foul strike Saturday? I'm going to say nine. <laughs> oh, you think you're going to get a bad whistle? <laughs> uh, we won't get many whistles. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, Tennessee won't get, hey, Tennessee won't get many whistles. Uh, we'll see. Should be a good one. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, all all right, we'll get to break here. We'll see if uh, we can get old J.C. We haven't talked to J.C. He just got married a couple of weeks ago, and so hopefully he's settled back in. But two-minute truck, they're at 1330 Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up your boxes, your packing supplies, whatever you need to make this a smooth. It was local, out of town, out of state. Let the professionals handle it. They'll take great care of you and your stuff. Great people out of two men, 205-247-5050. That's two-minute truck movers who care. Freddy's frozen. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back. Inside the Locker Room. Yellow pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. We got a <laughs> app message from Dothan. Is Coach Saban allowed to donate to the NIL now? If that is legal, maybe he could write a big check. Uh, you think Coach needs to write a check, Justin, to NIL to Yay Alabama? Uh, I doubt Coach is going to write a check. I mean, I, I, I don't know if he would. But I know he can write a big one now. It's a Spencer down there in Jupiter, Florida, though. Um, all right, let's get to the Yellowwood hotline. He's 
fresh off his wedding. He's back. He's rested. He's ready to roll. Right, the owner of the bigspur.com, a main man, JC Sherbert. JC, how's, how's the married life? Oh, it's been quite, quite peaceful and good. Uh, cold, uh, Chicago, uh, outside of Chicago, <laughs> where we live. But, uh, I got, luckily for me, I got to spend some time in South Carolina last week. I was, I was in the O'Hare International Airport delayed for seven hours. Mm. On a flight, uh, supposed to leave for Columbia about 11, didn't leave till 7, uh, last Thursday when all this stuff went down. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I texted you guys and, or actually last Wednesday. Uh, of course yeah. that wiped me out for the show the next morning, but, uh, it was, uh, very interesting that well, that you, day. You were part of that text. Was dad, he wasn't bragging, was he? He was very humble about it, right? Uh, he was, it, I was, I was very impressed. He was very <laughs> humble. He, he took it out. He, he, only thing he took exception to them calling him C now. And they shouldn't have, should have never done that because it's, uh, that was not something where he was alone in hearing it either. Uh, I just think he's the only one with the guts to say anything about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, but, find, uh, spot what on. What we're finding out here, JC, is these, a lot of these people picked this, uh, to come to Alabama, not for Alabama. It was for Nick Saban. And then with Nick Saban yeah. not here, uh, they're saying, I'm gone. Uh, are you surprised how many people they're losing here in the transfer portal, uh, since Coach Saban's <sighs> announcement? A little bit, uh, that it's that, you know, that there's that many people leaving. But listen, I, I, I covered Alabama recruiting. Uh, I was the Southeast and the National Got Rivals. Oh, from 04 to 07 before Saban got there. And the recruiting is very different as far as where they go. And it worked. I mean, the last coach to really recruit nationally in football, uh, was Bear Bryant at Alabama, you know, getting Joe Namath and he'd go up into the Northeast to get guys and stuff. But they've been expanding the footprint. But when you do that, you're, what you're selling is we can develop you and get you to the NFL. Come, you know, don't, you know, Caden Proctor, don't go to Iowa. I mean, although Iowa's produced probably their top 10 in the NFL players. Um, guys like that, you know, and that's the risk these days, especially with the free transfer, you know. I mean, they used to not let you transfer if you catch well. And now that's a rule. And so that's the risk you run because those guys really don't. They didn't grow up Alabama fans in the state and all that. I'm not saying all of them. I agree. Most of them didn't. Yeah. You know, and so when you don't have that kind of long-term familiarity, loyalty, love for the place, uh, it does get tricky because, uh, you know, and, and that, that's unfortunate because I don't, I think there's still plenty of talent left over to be competitive, but you know, these people that have Alabama ranked third in the country right now, I, I don't, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I mean, it, it then, and, you know, what's fun about it if you're an Alabama fan is you let Kalen DeBoer build it again. You know, so it may be fun to go through a building process since they've been so good for so long. But uh, I would caution everybody to temper expectations. If you lose four games next year, don't blame the coach. You know, uh, because that is, that is, I've never, I've never seen an entire two deep walk out the door. Yeah. Yeah. That. Well, when I was at, at, at uh, with, I was there with Coach Bryant left that we had nobody leave so it's been two people leave a real authority and that's coach and the two coaches who left and it uh transfer rule is in this particular case is i don't think the transfer rule is good to start with uh most people 
most people don't agree with that, but I think it's like it's a terrible rule. You can't do anything to anybody or straighten them. Nobody's happy with anything. You're not happy with everything. You just got married. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. I'm changing the subject because I'll let Barry handle um, To me, it's Hugh Freeze hires an offensive coordinator who's not going to call plays. Now what yeah, what he's done is he's made he's made he worked with with Nick's. He he wants to make sure that uh, the guy doesn't question him or they don't have a confab as to whether what plays should be called. So he names him offensive coordinator, but he's not going to call plays. And I think he Freeze is going a little bit wacky. I and then if those the plays don't work, then the other guy's an offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, well, how many years have, has Auburn had this set up now? I mean, Gus well, did it the first time. time. The guy's not going to call plays at all. The guy yeah, there. well, they went back and forth. Gus had these guys where halftime in the game he'd call them, halftime he wouldn't. Yeah. Then Harson had Bobo and overrated him that, that year. And then I don't know who was calling it for Harson the next year. And then, I mean, you know, but he got fired and I guess Cadillac was calling him. I don't know. I mean, not to be outdone, the first significant news where the Alabama fan base gets shaken in 17 years, and not to be outdone, Auburn has all this weirdness. <laughs> Zach Etheridge is out the door. Cadillac's out the door. Derek Nix is in. Hughes calling plays. I mean, Free should have probably done that from the start. I mean, that's – he had Dan Warner at Ole Miss helping him, you know, with his experience play caller, but it was really his call. He probably should have done that from the start. Is my guess because um, if he wants to do it, he's certainly gifted and knows what he wants. But man, oh man! I mean, that if you're Auburn, you're probably kind of glad Saban retired just because Etheridge and Cadillac walking out the door, no matter who decided it, that's that's to me that'd be a red flag if I were an Auburn guy. Yep, great. JC, I was telling uh, these guys that you and Dad and I do understand this. I don't think the NIL is the problem. You don't have to pay these guys a ton on the front end coming in. Uh, when they're here, they're, they're doing okay. Uh, but when you let guys transfer and be immediately eligible and they come in and play like a Caleb Downs, those guys will command a lot of money. But if they had to sit out, he wouldn't leave. I don't care what he can make if he transferred because he's trying to get his three years in and get to the NFL. If we want to clean this up, go back to the old rule. With the portal now, if you graduate, I understand you should let they should let you go there. Is there any way to get it back to that? Because I don't think as many people would leave. I don't think seventy five percent of these people would be leaving these Power Five schools if they had to sit out. Uh, any way to go back uh, to pull that back? Oh, it would cut the transfers by about eighty percent. Yeah, uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, but that, but to answer your question, no. I mean. They already tried to instill a common, what I thought was common sense. Um, you only can transfer once and they got sued and they backed off of it. So, you know, they can't even do that. They can't even keep guys from transferring every single year if they want. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I think they're, it, it's not good for the sport. I mean, I, I was in favor. I was like, you know, one, I can handle one. But, you know, these guys that go to four schools in four years and stuff, that that's not good for their education. I mean, because there's crap. I mean, there's no way they're going to graduate doing that. Um, it's very mercenarial. Um, you know, I just, uh, you know, NIL, you're right. Now, it's a big deal on the portal because of the instant eligibility. So if you can go and play someplace else and make more money, then, 
it's, it's free agency, right? Yeah. But uh, I, uh, I, I think, I think that it's that that immediately eligible. If you made him sit again, uh, it would just it take a just a. And I don't think the money would be there because nobody's going to make the investment in That's a right. kid that sit. That's right. Uh, and then he's close to getting the NFL. He'll just declare, and they'll sit there and take your money for a year. I know I wouldn't. So that's uh, but to answer your question, no, they they can't even. I mean, one transfer is a is common sense. It's a common sense rule that everybody was okay with. That they had two or three basketball players, one at LSU, one at West Virginia, that weren't eligible, and so they sued them and they backed off. Tell us what you know about uh, Kalen DeBoer, uh, about Grubb, about Womack, the coordinators that he's bringing in. Uh, just how you know what you know yeah. about these guys as coaches. Oh, he's an elite coach. It's uh, I was trying to find something to compare it to, and I I, I landed on this in the '80s when Miami hired Jimmy Johnson left to go to Cowboys, and Miami hired Dennis Erickson. Uh, and of course, Dennis Erickson kept it rolling. There was no transfer portal then. Yeah. Uh, kept it rolling and won how many national championships down there? Uh, you know, we, everybody knew Dennis Erickson was a good coach. He did a great job at Washington State. Uh, I don't think nobody, anybody realized how good he really was, you know, and I think that's the same thing with DeBoer. You know, this guy's worked his way up from Sioux Falls College. He's 114 and 12, 104 and 12, 104 and 13. Yeah. In his career, uh, took Washington further than Chris Peterson or Sark could. Um, I, I, I think they went out, literally, Greg Byrne went out and hired the best coach. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to put Lanning and Sark and Norvell and whoever else is in the mix below Kalen DeBoer as far as are they better coaches than him? No. In fact, he's 5-0 and against Lanning and Sark. Uh, so he may not have the name or the regional recognition that uh, some others around our league do, but he's the best coach. And that's what that's what they hired was it was a great football coach and you know I don't know what's going to happen I don't know if they have the players next year to 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 win a national championship or what not but they will be one of the best coach teams in, in the SEC uh, and you know you give them a couple years to, to whatever happens with the roster to fix that uh, I think Bam will be back up and rolling but it's a uh, it's a different type of hire you know, normally a legend leaves you either hire a patsy you know oh his assistant. Give him a couple years, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, or you go try to hire somebody with ties uh, or, or ties to the region. You know, you win the press conference. But it looks like Byrne, as he's done through his career in just about every sport, went and hired the best coach. How about the assistants that he's bringing in, uh, the coordinators especially? Oh, Kane Womack, uh, his dad, Dave Womack. He was at South Carolina yeah. a while. Had a long tenure at Ole Miss is uh, – as Hugh Freeze's D coordinator, and way back to Houston Nutt at Arkansas, uh, his dad. Kane, uh, really up and coming coach. You know, Jake Bentley played uh, South Alabama his final year. So they were really, they really loved that staff down there. Major Applewhite, Kane Womack, uh, those guys at USA. I, I think USA is a tougher job maybe than a Troy or even a UAB at times. Um, and he's won, uh, and his defenses are nasty, man. I mean, look, they went into Oklahoma State this year and beat them 33 to seven. Seven. They held Oklahoma, a Big 12 team to seven points at home. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing. I think he's elite. And then Grubb, Grubb and DeBoer, you know, DeBoer's an offensive coach. He's a coordinator. So the Grubb is really good at running what Kalen wants to run. Very creative. Um, 
different formations that it's hard to even describe what it is. It's not really a spread. It's more of a it's more of an all of the above type offense. So I, I, I think I'd be excited about that if I were a Bama fan, especially with uh, you know Milrow coming back and all that good stuff. Yep, that. You know, one one of the difficulties we had a caller call about this, and it's so true. The money that you get from the SEC, which is a big honk, uh, you know, it's got to be spread. Right, you're going to try to get. I guess some some ads are able to use that in buying players. Some ads need have to use it in order to run the cotton picking program uh, because their in, income, as far as gate income, is not as great as Alabama's or Auburn's. We're really well, kind of in a mess. It, 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 as far as you know, the ones you talk to, do, do they take that chunk of money and and put it into football recruiting, or do they spread? What do they do with that money? Well, you can't you can't do it directly against the rules. Um, so in other words, you way? can't get well, you can't get that check from the SEC and turn around. In other words, like University of South Carolina can't get the check, turn around, put it in their bank account, and then turn around and write a check for NIL. Now, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you can't do it for players. The schools, right. schools, schools can't fund it. Okay. Now, could you, could, could Booster A that gives 600 grand a year or whatever, could you go to him and say, look, man, we're all right with the six. Why don't you give us three and give three to our collective? Could you do that? Absolutely. And, and that's something that, because these athletic departments before, I mean, NIL is still so new. They they budget long term, so in other words, they're building buildings and stuff they've had on the books for seven years. They've got debt they got to pay. They don't operate with this great amount of profit every year, <laughs> and so they're kind of scrambling. They're scrambling to see how they can pay for everything they've already committed to on on just the normal side. Sure, to see how they could do it. But uh, some schools gonna figure that out pretty soon, I think. Um, and, and I still am of the opinion that. If you want to solve the money situation, just give them a hunk of the TV money and make it exclusive the first two years, because um, that's basically what name, image, and likeness is supposed to be—is television yeah. and okay. you know all that. So, uh, but um, so that's that, that's kind of how that works. And I run into that a lot because fans are like, "What about all that TV money?" Well, it just can't be used for that, you know. And it's uh, it, it, you kind of got to. The TV money—it it cannot be used for for enhancing players. No, you use it for scholarships and building buildings and meal plans and books and dorms and, and all we that. Have, we we have any cheating money. in that? No. Why? It's too. I think it's too easily traceable. No, that's too. You can't. I mean, you trace that back so easy. Uh, I mean, you got county yeah, people. I mean, yeah. And you're dealing with uh, 15 of the 16 schools in the league are public. So all it takes is an FOIA request and get your books and your accounting books and, oh, where's this check? <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 well, that's a good, that's it's a, a good question. <laughs> oh, it is. I get asked it all the time because people just get confused because, I mean, we've, we've been in this sport, the sport's 130 years old. And there's never been anything like this. And I just so for don't years, understand how they're how this thing happened with collectives. Like I get NIL, but this is not NIL, <laughs> JC. So how's it legal? What's it's going a gigantic on? Lo- it's a loophole because there's no 
there's nothing to determine market value. And, and in our country, there, there's not. It's it's capitalist, and your market value is what whatever anybody's willing to pay you. So there's nothing that says, you know, you can't line up five businesses and get a bunch of money from fans and pay a guy $5,000 every time he tweets about one of your business partners or about your collective itself because collectives have marketing budgets just like everybody else. Uh, is it a, is it a racket to a certain extent? Is it not the true intent of NIL? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the truth, but that's the, that's, it's a loophole that has been, uh, exploited to the nth degree. And I, I don't think anybody's figured out how to fix it, how to close it. I mean, because ultimately at the end of the day, you start limiting it or you're restricting the market and, uh, we don't do that in our country. Now, what we do do is we have, you know, competitive laws and things like that where you can't have monopolies and things like that. I don't know if there's a pathway there, but, um, you know, it, it's just hard. Boring, just like the federal government saying NCAA has antitrust exemption. They set their rules, and that's what colleges have to go by. Boring, so the, the, so the, the government doing that, it's not going to happen. So the money that comes in uh, from uh, donors or for, from alums or whoever uh, can go to can go to the kids uh, to try to nil them, uh, and that's the only kind of money that that they get. They can't they can't go to uh, Walmart and get Walmart to give two thousand two million dollars and and use that money. Oh yeah, if you give it to a collective and not to the university. Yeah, you can get businesses. They, that's, uh, so, so what's, it's not the Red Elephant Club. It's, uh, what's Alabama's Booster Club called? Hey, uh, Barry knows. Uh, what is it called? I don't even know. What is it, uh, Justin, the Booster Club? Uh, it is a Red Elephant Club that's exclusive that gets access to. Yeah. It's not like the Tide uh, Pride. Tide Pride, I guess, is what it Tide is. Tide Pride. Yeah. Okay. Gamecock Club, Tide Pride, whatever. Okay. So I can get $2 million from Walmart gives it Tide Pride. Yeah, that cannot go to players. But if I can get two million from Walmart and give it to Yay Alabama, that can go to players because Yay Alabama is a private company that facilitates NIL deals. Um, (laughs) Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford's going to South Carolina. Uh, Yeah, will he be the starter? No, I mean I'm sorry. I don't mean to say no. (laughs) Doubtful. Doubtful. Okay. Uh, he's going to have a hard time beating out that kid they've got. But, you know, if you look behind sellers, <laughs> there wasn't much, and injuries happened. So I think Robbie was the best type of guy they could possibly get. You know, a guy with experience. He's got some wheels. You know, he's good, a good guy just in case something goes down. Uh, I think they're going to work with him on his passing. So, I I thought that was a good pickup for Carolina, just in case, you know. So what's the guy? Like, I don't, what's a guy like that make? Guy's gonna be a backup quarterback in the SEC. Roughly, uh, not much. It wasn't. A, it was. You're you're talking way, way, way below. Maybe below five figures, if that. So yeah, yeah no, that it's wasn't a uh, break the bank thing. We're starting. A, we're starting a new new football schedule with sixteen teams. And I haven't studied it. I don't know if Barry has or not. Is the scheduling for the for these teams 
fair? Is it? Is it? I know you can't. You, the, I think it kills the rivalries, in my opinion, because they don't play enough. To, I think it hurts the rivalries over the years. But is is the scheduling studied by the SEC as best you can tell a, a fair schedule for all the teams? It looks that way. Um, you know, it, it, when you when you glance at it, you know, you, you see the names Texas and Oklahoma. And, yeah. I'll throw Alabama in there and A and M, and you know, people get a little worried. You know, Ole Miss and Missouri are going to have a ton of hype next year. But the reality is, these rosters are changing so much year to year. It's sort of a grab bag. You just you never know. Um, you never know how good uh, one team's going to be uh, from one year to the next. So um, I thought it was as fair as it possibly could be. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do in 2025 because mm-hmm. if if this is how they're going to they're going to do one seven and then rotate everything, that's going to get really interesting. <laughs> uh, now, or if they decide to go to nine conference games in 2025, how does that look? Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean it's strange, and you're right about some of the the secondary rivalries. I mean. You know, for the first time in 30 years, South Carolina's not playing Georgia, Florida, or Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, they've been playing those teams since 1992, every year. I think it hurts your attendance. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it will. Um, you know, and, and look, to begin with, though, like like South Carolina people, they're going to be fired up about a road trip to Oklahoma and Alabama next year because they haven't been to Alabama since '09, and they've never been to Oklahoma. But through the years, I mean, you know, if they stick with this 1-7, you know, you're not going to have a Texas and Texas A&M playing every season or uh, Georgia and Auburn playing every season. Or explain Alabama to, explain to our listeners what, what you mean by 1-7. So, in other words, if it, they stay at eight games, uh, you're going to have one permanent opponent. And for Alabama, that would obviously be Auburn because they're not going to not play the, the Iron Bowl. Okay. Uh, and then seven teams rotate on and then seven rotate off. And so within a span of four years, you play everybody in the league home and away. So, it, you know, in other words, you'll have a set of seven teams plus Auburn one year and then a completely different set of seven teams plus Auburn the next. That's kind of wild, I think, because, you know, one year you're going to get six because they're, they're going to break it up by name brands and who's good historically and all that. One year you're going to get six. There's going to be a bunch of six and six teams that are down. And you're going to make it to Atlanta, and you're probably not going to be as good as the team that drew the six or seven that are up. Well, who's South Carolina's permanent? Kentucky. Okay. <laughs> and that that was because of elimination. Because you know Tennessee is not going to give up that storied rivalry with Vanderbilt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, as, as unfortunate as they were to have to play Bama every year now, they, now they get to play Vanderbilt. So they, they're kind of on the other end of the spectrum, but yeah, I mean, so Kentucky, Kentucky, Tennessee would probably be the the logical thing, but uh, yeah, and that, that ended up weird because you know you just go down the list and you know it doesn't make any sense for South Carolina, or Kentucky to play anybody else. All right, JC, fresh off your wedding, tell everybody where they can find you. All right, go to jcandmorgan dot com. Uh, we just met, we uh, we had some saving reaction there. Mike talked about the last time he met with Coach in a pre production meeting. It was a pretty interesting thing. Uh, download the Chief Sports app. We got a new podcast with Chad Holbrook, uh, baseball coach on it, uh, about music. 
sports, leadership. Roy Williams was on it one day. If you like Joe Rogan-style podcast, please go do that. It's all free. It's on the uh, Apple Store, Google Store. It's the Chief Sports app. Please download it. Thank you, JC. Thanks, JC. Thanks, good fellas. Job. Y'all all be right, good. Uh, just to take this break, then I'm going to ask you this question. Don't answer it. Answer it when we get back break. Is there any chance Nick Saban will ever coach again? You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 Traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. It is a very cold but very quiet drive all across the Tuscaloosa region this morning as we have delay-free conditions on our major roadways today. That includes 2059 from Foster's continuing on out to Cottondale, a drive along McFarland Boulevard from Coker passing Lurling Wallace U of A and down to the I-20 interchange as well. University and Skyland are moving nicely as well. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Alabama fans are all over the world, and we are too. Download the Tide 100.9 app right now in the App Store and Google Play, and take the Crimson Tide everywhere you go. Welcome back. We want to thank Pressure Treated Pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. Go to yellowwood.com to find a dealer that is close to you. Bucky McMill will join us at 8.15. We'll take your phone calls. 5-342-9904. Give us a call. You're just tied 100.9. Is he home? Available Sports. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. News from the NFL where the Dallas Cowboys have decided to keep head coach Mike McCarthy for next season. He had one year remaining on his contract under McCarthy. The Cowboys won 12 games in a season, three straight years, but have just one playoff win over that span. NBA news, the Indiana Pacers acquire all-star forward Pascal Siakam in a deal with the Toronto Raptors for two players and three first-round draft picks. On the court, the Celtics improved to a league best 32-9, perfect at home, 20-0 after a 117-98 win over the Spurs. Timberwolves beat the Pistons 124-117. Minnesota has the top record in the West at 29-11. and Cavaliers crushed the Bucks 135-95. Milwaukee did not play their superstar. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Raptors roll over the Heat 121-97. Lakers beat the Mavericks 127-110 despite a triple-double from Dallas star Luka Doncic. In college basketball, number one UConn, a winner over 18th ranked Creighton 62-48. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker and Phone Lines for Open 205-342-9904. Andrew Kniffer will help kick off this 8 o'clock hour. Andrew's my all-state insurance agent. Let him become yours. I did 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 over in Norport. 205-722-9201. We'll get you in touch with Andrew or his staff there. 
Uh, let them know what types of insurance you're looking at. Uh, they can put package together for you and email it right there to you. Do what I did. I made the change several years ago. Could not be happier. Andrew Conifer, All State Insurance. All right, uh, Dad, um, these guys that have coached all their lives, uh, they get home and uh, they play golf a little bit. They do it and then they get bored because uh, they just don't. You know, it's, and, you know, I think they miss the competition more than them. I and mean, you can do some media, but you, these guys are wired to want to have a winner and a loser. They're team builders and that's what they like to do. Um, yeah, your wife eventually gets tired of you being home and you look at her saying, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do today? So they, y'all get sick of each other and she's ready for you to go as well, as well. I know coaches, whatever he is, 71, but he's a young 71. I mean, he's taking good care of himself. Uh, anyway, he gets there and just says, Miss Terry, let's go back and try it one more time. Uh, is there any chance something like that could happen? He's going to get back into athletics, uh, I think, but not coaching. Uh, he'll have the opportunity to um, be on that game day jazz I don't care for. But uh, he'll have an opportunity maybe even to be uh, the czar of college football. Um, whether he would be having any interest of being – Bizarre with the NCAA under him or over him, I don't know. I think he'll, I think he'll eventually, uh, get back into some kind of athletics. I don't think it'll be coaching. I think a situation where you've got to figure out how much money will each guy gets. And, uh, you've got somebody in charge of that because you'll go crazy trying to figure out yourself and what they get, uh, the complaints that they have, uh, we don't know about the, Guy playing right beside the other guys, getting more, and I'm playing better. Um, that we don't have any idea about on radio shows. So I would answer your question by saying yes, I think you'll get back in athletics uh, in several years, but I don't think you'll get back in coaching. Well, you you remember uh, Jerry Jones? They had a, a, a team that was built to win. So he went and got Jimmy Johnson. Got went and won two Super Bowls and wasn't there long. Uh, could you see anything like that where like a Dallas Cowboy team that's kind of built and where he had to go to Miami. He was trying to build that thing. They didn't have it. If they had everything in place, does it eat at him at all that, you know, he wasn't there long enough that he'd go back and try something like that? No way. He doesn't. He doesn't want to get involved with somebody that's controversial. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is con- controversial. I, I'm. I've, not, I've lost interest in Cowboys. Uh, most people haven't that listen to our show, but uh, he's controversial, and he is. Uh, you know, when you open the door to walk in the office, you're not sure what he's going to say. Now that's the way Coach is. When you knocked on Coach Bryant's door or Coach Saban's door, especially Coach Bryant, because I was involved with it, uh, you were, were not sure what he was going to say. If I walked in there and asked him to call two or three prospects for me, which I did, and just say hello to him, uh, I didn't know what he was going to say. And you don't want to, you know, that's okay because he's a boss. And I don't think, I don't think if, if Nick Saban walks in, the other guy's the boss. That he's going to be able, going to listen to what they have to say. 
uh, he wants to be. So I just don't think he'll. I think he. I don't think he'll do it anymore. He's seventy two or seventy three, whatever he is. And uh, I think I, I think he may get to, to be. There may be something in football that he can do that I don't know about. Uh, I'm sure there is. Uh, Consulting to the SEC or something that he may. You know, he's going to stay away from the University of Alabama. He's going to be at the stadium. They have several offices over there, and he's going to have a have an office over there, a telephone over there, and not be there much. But um, I think that the new head coach has done it the right way. He's leaned on him when he needs to lean on him privately, and he hasn't leaned on him publicly. And I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, somebody told me that uh, Cedric's still going to kind of be his guy, so when Coach is in town, Cedric's going to be over there with him. All right, to the <laughs> Andrew oh. Knifer hotline, get Joe in. Good morning, Joe. Hey, Joe. Good morning, good morning. Well, Barry... Our depth on our basketball team is really coming out. You agree? Yeah, and then you know, I think the early tough schedules paying dividends. Uh, but you know, the one good win they got in the league—they're all good. But uh, is Mississippi State on the road? Uh, but they're going to beat Vanderbilt, and they're going to win those. South Carolina at home and Missouri at home. Uh, so you got to win the games you're supposed to. I think they've done that with those three. They went and got one that was maybe a 50-50 game in Mississippi, at Mississippi State. Uh, what will be, what will they do with Tennessee and Auburn? 0 and 2, 2 and 0, 1 and 1. What do you think, Joe? Look, let me make this point before I go there. We, we got our biggest lead with Sears on the beach at State. And we pulled away the other night against Missouri with him on the beach. Griffin really stepped up. Griffin has stepped up on defense. He's our defensive stopper. This game Saturday, him and the big white boy, that's going to be very interesting. Because that kid's on a row up at Tennessee yeah. last two games. So that's going to decide the game, more or less. You know, what Griffin can do with him right now. And I will admit, Barnes, after State, come out running, and he knew he let the tempo over there get too slow, and he played their game. Now, we know Wimps got us at 14 and 4. But we know now that Georgia on the road and Florida on the road. And Ole Miss on the road are a little tougher than we first thought. You agree? Sure. You tell, you tell him. Stuff. You tell me he needs to back off at fourteen and four. No, no. Oh. Hey, hey he, I, I'm glad he went out there. I'm glad he <laughs> made it, it adds so much to the show, Barry. It oh, really it? does. Yeah. yeah. You don't agree? It adds yeah. something to the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some you're not going to get on a limb, so somebody's got to get out there <laughs> and do it. And he did it, so, you know. Uh, Wim, did you see your um, Carbon Hill thing on the Facebook yesterday? No, and it showed, it, showed me a picture of it. Yeah, I appreciate somebody. I don't know who put it on there, but, yeah, I saw that. Was, uh, yeah. Those nine kids, uh, I've lost uh, lost three, three of them. Maybe four of them passed away. Yeah. But uh, I was pretty young. Um, was doing it. Yeah. I thought only two of them were still alive. Is that correct? 
I don't think I don't know. I have to study it and see. I can't recall, but we've lost stuff from Frank Nick who was killed in a plane crash. Uh, yeah, you know, Key, one of my better players is yeah. is uh, mm-hmm. has has been is paralyzed on one side, right? And uh, but a few of my left, uh, we had a I had a I had a meeting, uh, not a meeting, but I had them all to the house several years ago, and, and we've lost some since then. Uh, I played a lot of golf with Randy Key, yeah. his younger brother. And, yeah. And I talked to him. It's been, it's been probably, but you know, I, I, I found out about him. Well, well, what you said, he had a light heart attack or a stroke or something the night that they were honoring you before, before you ever went. And yeah. of course, the other he guy, stayed, he, I, he stayed pretty positive every time he called him. I, every time he called him, he, he's, you know, he's positive. Yeah. That's good. That's what it's all about. All right. So, Barry? Yes, sir. We got to get to Bucky. What, what, real quick, what you got, my man? We're going to lose both of them or we're going to split? Uh, split. 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 Okay. All right, buddy. Thank you. Hey, what do you say? Oop, he low. He gone. All right, we'll take this break here. We'll get uh, Coach Bucky McMillan. I looked at their schedule here, Dad. They lost the first two games of the year, Purdue and at DCU, and now they've won 16 straight. I didn't realize they were on a 16-game winning streak. So uh, pretty good. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 Traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We have picked up an accident that's popped up on southbound Highway 69 at Hillcrest School Road. Look for the flashing lights there. A little delay as well on the southbound side of Lurling Wallace as you cross over the Hugh Thomas Bridge on up to Jack Warner Parkway. You will lose a few minutes along the way there. And no big problems brewing on the 2059 drive both directions through the Tuscaloosa area. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Don't miss your road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Sky mostly cloudy today, the chance of some light rain this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 45. Tonight's low, 32. Tomorrow, clearing, breezy and colder, the high, 38. Very cold on Saturday, the sky sunny, the high at 30. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 29 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. 100.9. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Get right up to the uh, Yellowwood Hotline. Obviously, he's the head coach of the Sanford Bulldogs, as we said, currently 16 and 2. I didn't realize. I just looked up everything on a 16 game, uh, winning streak. I did watch them the other night. Uh, Maybe 17. Uh, they beat a really good Western, 
Carolina team. Both teams, I believe, are 15 and 2. They'll take on Mercer, uh, in Birmingham, uh, this Saturday at 5 o'clock. So if you get an opportunity, uh, to go watch one of the best coach teams in the country in Sanford and, uh, get out there and support Coach Bucky McMillan. Good morning, uh, Coach. How are you? Hey, Bucky. Hey, doing well. Y'all doing okay? Yes, sir. We're doing okay. I want to, uh, of course, I think, you know how good I think you are. Uh, and I, I figured out a long time ago that players win games. Really? Uh, but I want you to tell our <laughs> listeners, and, and I, I, I want you to brag if you will or, or whatever. I want you to tell our listeners what you started back doing some doing different than most coaches do, like pressing after misses. Uh, some of the things you do with your program that most coaches don't do. Yeah, well, you know, I was fortunate enough when I started coaching. I was always a head coach. I started coaching AU basketball at 17, 18 years old. Every year since then, I've been a head coach. I probably started coaching OTM over the mountain basketball here in Birmingham at 15 and then JV basketball, then varsity basketball. Then I went into college. But the point being, I got to experiment a lot. I was fortunate enough to do that. It wasn't that I was an assistant coach for years and then all of a sudden I became a head college coach and now it's kind of like <laughs> it's harder on that stage to experiment with things, as we know. And uh, I just mess with different things. We obviously, we press the whole game. And one thing you mentioned, we, we, we crash four guys. Um Sometimes we crash five, depending on on the game, and we will uh, we clock up and we press miss shots. That's just what we've done. We've done it for years. I started doing it in two thousand and uh, I started doing it in two thousand and eight, and we've kind of stuck with it ever since. And I've, say that again. And it's been good for us. Say that last sentence so, again. You press what? I, we press on miss shots. And that's what we do when we start doing things here. You yeah. got that fascinated over that. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead. Bucky, talk about uh, your transition from Mountain Brook uh, to the college game. Uh, are you able to run the same system, or did you get to college uh, and after your first few years say, hey, i got to tweak this, maybe the, the, the guards are too good at handling the ball, or uh, is it the same system that you, that you ran at Mountain Brook that you run at Sanford? We had to change some things offensively because you're dealing with the shot clock. That's the biggest adjustment you have to make. And then defensively, you know, you can do some things to manipulate the shot clock, right? Going back zone, going back zone to man and mixing things up. But with the shot clock, one thing, that's why I wish they would put in high school basketball. I I wish they would put the shot clock in high school basketball because I don't think people know what it would do. It would make teams play so much harder on defense. Because when you know you only got a guard for 30 seconds, it's a completely different mindset. And um, if they did that in high school, you'd see a lot, a lot. Uh, I think the play would just be a lot better if they did that. So we adjust mainly due to the due to the shot clock on certain things, mainly on offense. Yeah, maybe talk about that. Uh, your great point there. Uh, hey, we could do some things defensively where they got to use so much time to get the ball up the court. Uh, then they're, they're not getting into their offense. Maybe well, there's maybe 12, 15 seconds now. We really only have to guard in a half court that. Uh, what do you guys can, what can you guys do defensively that maybe milks that clock somewhere they don't have as much time to run their offense? Yeah, I think, I think just the ability to switch defenses, whether you, you press different looks, um, going back to man some, going back to man switch, going back to zone, going to back to zone, then going man at certain different, you know, uh, areas that catch the basketball. And I think it throws off teams' rhythm 
Yeah. I think that one thing that happens a lot is, see, the offense is, the players are so elite these days. Okay, like, you know, years ago, it used to be to score, you needed kind of, hey, a cross screen, down screen, stagger screen, right? But now it's just kind of like you can put someone in a high ball screen and they're probably going to create some type of advantage. The players are just very good. And so I do think this, if this happens, that whether you press and you trap, you'll give up a bucket. And everyone's like, oh, no, you know, we got to get out of that. But my mindset was always, you know what? <laughs> they're probably going to score anyway, right? Yeah. If they're really good players, it's not like that, that, that layup you gave up cost you eight points. And then if you think about all the possessions, if they came down there and they jammed it inside and got a layup, it was going to be two points anyway. But at least doing it in an attacking fashion, you have opportunities to turn the team, turn another team over. And we're in the top five right now in turnovers, force per game and steals per game. Oh, right now we're in the top five in assists. We're number one in the country in scoring right now. Um, so we got a lot of good stats working for us, and I think a lot has to do with hey, we got great talent, we got guys that are uh, wanting to do the right thing. But I do think our pace of play that's dictated by our defense, and obviously the way that we push the basketball lends itself to that. Obviously, you're going to have more opportunities for steals. You're going to be able to promote sharing the basketball, and so it's been effective for us. Yeah. You've been at, when you were at Mountain Brook, you you knew who you were going to have coming up because you watched them. Now you don't. You got to recruit them. Uh, style of play probably comes into your recruiting, which you use probably in the homes of those of these kids. Is that been difficult for you to get players to come to Stamford and play? Um, you and I don't, I don't mean this ugly, but you're probably in some cases taking a little bit of a drop down from the AC, SEC player. Maybe, or maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But talk a little bit about how you got these guys to play. Uh, to start with, and then what you're already talking about, what you do with them. Yeah, you know, it, it's just a just a d- game changer with the portal and how that works. You can catch guys, you know, there's obviously negatives of guys wanting to transfer and transfer yeah. to quote up and try different things, but there's also times you get players at, at our level that are humbled now. So you may get a player at a high school because every player, you know, you've heard the saying, every player's, a level below where they really think they are coming out of high school and two levels below where their parents think they are, right? Well, I think that what happens is you can be fortunate enough in the transfer portal to catch players after they've been somewhere and they kind of realize what their level is or that maybe they've gone somewhere they hadn't played at all. And they played, you know, and they put fit on the bench for two years and now they're with you and they're playing 15 minutes a game and, hey, they're just elated with that. And they may be a great player. Versus you take a high school player coming out of high school sometimes who has these aspirations that he's a power five player. He ends up at some place like our level. And if he's playing 15 minutes a game, they, they may think it's some type of disservice because in his mind, he thinks he's a power five player because he hadn't gone, had to experience that to the point and realize like really what level he is. So, um, point being that, that this portal stuff works both ways. We've been pretty effective with the portal. And I, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of just taking one year guys and though we're open to anything, but we've had a lot of success of guys who have come in and been a part of our program for two or three years after going someplace first and particularly mm-hmm. a level up kind of. And that's been, that's been very, it's been very good to us in that regard. Uh, we're talking with coach Bucky McMillan at Sanford. All right, Bucky, I need you to help me with this. Uh, 
as a high school coach, I have parents come to me all the time and say, hey, I want my son to be recruited. And I try to be completely honest with them. Uh, you know, I've coached in college at uh, the highest level and I've been in the, the, what they call the mid-major level and tell me, you, you know, you got to be realistic, uh, about it. But high school kids now just don't get, uh, recruited very much. Well, what do you, if, if a guy is a, uh, a potential to be a college prospect, what do you tell the parents the best way to help these kids maybe get seen and be recruited now these days with, with the portal there, with so many guys just recruiting the portal? Great question. And, and if, if I could go back to high school and I had a parent meeting, I would tell everyone, number one, okay, be open to all recruitment. Number one. Right. Because I think that some people just turn their nose up at different levels. Um, I would make also make uh, parents aware exactly how good some of these levels are. Sure. Okay. Like, for example, our net ranking is higher than Arkansas. We're right there with Old Miss. We're higher than several teams in the SEC, our net ranking is. Okay. So, for example, if a kid went to Arkansas, it'd be like a massive deal. They'd be like, oh, man, we got to get him there. A kid came to Stanford, they may not know that, like, hey, right now we're competing at a very high level. We got a top 75 team, top 75 net in the country. And I think what happens with parents are just misinformed a lot of times. Sometimes players are misinformed. But to get on at any Division One spot, just think about how many Division One schools there are and how many scholarships you get. You know, you're usually looking at three scholarships a year you're looking to give out. Now to the freshmen, it's even less than that. So take how many Division One schools there are in the state and then really look at how many opportunities there are. There's not that many. So you got to be open to all levels. And you got to understand that, like, hey, that's, you know, a Division Two scholarship, NAI, Division Three, all levels are good basketball. Look, we had a we had a very good team last year. We beat Old Miss before. We beat uh, big Oregon State. Guess what? We lost. We were injured at, at a time. We had four or five guys injured. We lost in NAI school. You don't know that. This is last year. Yeah. We got we we lose at home to NAI school. Well, they were very good players. I'll be honest with you. With the players that we had that day, the players they put on the floor, there wasn't much separation. Now we should have won the game. There was not a lot of separation. And so that's what. People don't know sometimes at these levels. And when you get to the NCAA tournament, you also find out that teams at our level, like Furman and us, we won the league last year. And they end up winning the tournament, and they go and they, they beat Virginia. And I didn't even think it was that big of an upset, really. And so I just think a lot of the times that people are misinformed on levels. Now, having said, said this, I, I will make this comment because people say the high school kids are kind of getting screwed. You hear that a lot. I do agree that basically with the portal – that it's not the same as it was. But I also think the kids that are coming out of high school have kind of put coaches in this spot, just being real. I think that they put coaches in this spot because coaches have taken them to these high school kids and they've left on them after one year as soon as they saw any adversity. So I think us as coaches are sitting here like, golly, can I just keep taking high school kids at the moment they see it, any adversity, don't get everything that they want like it was in high school, not playing 30 minutes a game, they're out of there. Yeah. So the coaches are left in this spot where they're like, I mean, I get it, but like, geez, why, why would I take take someone that's seen adversity, bring them in here, they've gone through it, and that's, they, they kind of look at that as a better deal right now. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's been years ago since I spoke at your thing, I think, and jumped on the parents about getting on you. I think. <laughs> you <laughs> that's, a, that's a great story, by the way. <laughs> so Tell that Coach story. Harrison came and talk, 
Hey, Coach Harrison came and talked. This is like I just got hired, and we were doing a banquet, and I worked with Kelvin. His, his father, Greg McKelvin, who's passed, I love him to yeah. death. So he we end up getting Coach Anderson to come talk to us at the big event, and there's a kickoff, all grades. You know, I'm talking about seventh grade, all the, the varsity, all the parents are there. He's going to give a speech. And this whole deal talks a little bit about, you know, success. But it, it, the whole deal was about leave this man alone. Don't bother this coach. Don't come complain to this coach. Stay away from this coach. Don't bother. You know, I know we're joking around. And so we won our, uh, we won a state championship. My first state championship at Mountain Brook was in 2013. And I see coach, he was doing the broadcast. He comes up to me and goes, you see what happens when they leave a coach alone? <laughs> he was probably taking credit for it. Wasn't yeah, no, he? I wasn't taking yeah, credit. Yeah, he was taking credit. You so, yeah, you, you, so you had the, the non-filtered Wimp Sanderson speaking to your parents. Uh, yeah. It was great. That, that it could was be, great. That could be well, dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, talk about, great. talk about your league, uh, Western Carolina. You just knocked off a really, really good team. Uh, you got Mercer, then you got, uh, on the road at Furman. We know how good Furman is. You just talked about that, but maybe your league, doesn't get the respect or people don't know it as much maybe in this area, maybe down here to just kind of follow Alabama and Auburn. But talk about how good this league is, uh, Bucky. It's great. And since I've been there, we've been a top 15 league in the country, 32 leagues in the country, 31, 32 every year, sometimes as high as ninth, right behind the ACC one year, who was eight. We've been higher than Conference USA three of the four years I've been there. So it's uh, really good basketball. And it's different basketball. It's, it's not – you, you know, you got some teams that are power teams, but you, you have a very high three-point shooting um, percentage league. Basically, teams shoot a lot of threes, they make a lot of threes. So uh, it's good basketball. The, the reason why maybe sometimes down the south you don't think about it as like an elite basketball league or you, you may be surprised with all the power five wins that our league had. You know, Western Carolina, we just beat, beat uh, Notre Dame. They beat Vanderbilt. Greensboro, who we played earlier this year, beat Arkansas. Um, but the reason why is because the football's played at a different level. And we all know we're, we're in the South, and so people kind of equate things to football. And many teams in our league are not going to knock all power fives in football because it's, it's a different level. The double A is different. Well, we're in basketball, it's not that. Our league is a, a very good league. And, you know, that's why you see when our team gets to the tournament. It's, I think we're probably going to win when we get there. So I think, and if we don't, it's usually a close loss. Yeah, that. Um, I, I wanted to ask you um, how how many how many scholarships do you have? Uh, where do you stand with uh, other league scholarship wise? It's the same. We all get thirteen scholarships, and that's okay. Going back to the recruitment question, in Division One basketball is thirteen scholarships, and so you start dividing that by by class. You know, I tell you, tell this to parents. You know, it's roughly three a year if you if you space your classes right. But it's, it's kind of different now with the portal. They may burn eight in one year. They may burn nine, all the turnover. But, you know, add, like I say, out of those Division One schools and really see how many how many opportunities there are out there. You know, you could, the recruiting base is nationwide, not, actually it's worldwide right now. You know, we got a, our, our player who's been, who's arguably our best player at 35 points the other day is a guy named Chora Chora, who's a Sudanese, Sudanese kid who's from Australia. So you're competing as athletes here. And then you look at, and going back to that comment about internationally, you know, the projections 
I think it was like in the year 2028 or 2029 that more than half of the NBA will be from overseas. Those are the projections that the rate it's going. Think about that. And what is that saying about our youth basketball and our high school basketball program right, in the U.S.? Yeah. You know, think about that. That, that, that more than half the league is not even going to be from the United States. For you're talking about the United States, you think about back in 1992 in the Olympics where they're slaughtering teams. We're talking about beating them by oh. you know, gold medal games by seventy yeah. points. Yeah, and now is we're the saying way to, is the way. To, yeah, well, I'm, I'm thinking of it. I'll interrupt you. Is is no no shooting three Alabama and I'm not 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 cursed out of Alabama. He's done a terrific job. They're probably shooting. They're shooting the most threes of anybody in the SEC, and then making their scoring eleven a game. Uh, there are times, you know, for me, my passers passed and my shooters shot. Uh, mm-hmm. For them, which is good, everybody shoots. Um, mm-hmm. What? 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 I, I didn't do it that way, and certainly made a mistake. I'm sure. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Well, we're a high three point shooting team, but we're we're actually there. I actually looked at a graph the other day that they have teams that shoot a lot of threes, and they have teams that we're right in the middle of the of the country right there we're slightly above middle and three-pointers shot but we're very towards the top and three-pointers made uh-huh so like we're leading the country and our percentages and all that over 40 percent from three and um so i think that obviously new age basketball is the more players you can put on the floor that can stretch the floor and can make threes the better you are we all know that yeah um but i think that when it comes down to it you still got to look at it what are we doing how efficient is our offense and if you look at, like, Alabama's offense is very efficient. Their Ken Palm rating is really high offensively. Um, so they, they're having a lot of success with that. And I think that you find out the teams that can that shoot a lot of threes, generally they recruit great enough shooters that makes it effective. Yeah. Um, I think when you look, you look at teams that are shooting a lot of threes and their offensive rating is not very high, then obviously their philosophy is not right based on the personnel, yeah. the sure. personnel that they have. Now, I, I will say this one thing, though. I do think this. People always talk about this, and they they recruit to this, or they or maybe not recruit to this, but they sell their program on. Hey, this is what they're doing in the NBA, right? Well, there's something different that people have to consider, and that's that the NCAA tournament and the conference tournaments and the they're wanting done deals in college, and so in the NBA, in a seven game series, if you're a high three point shooting team, it's usually going to balance out over the course of that series. But in college, in a one-game deal, if you don't have any power game, you're an off-night away from getting upset by you know, a lot yeah. of teams. Yeah. And, and that's a factor, and I think teams have to consider that. Now, fortunately, for that's where defense plays a big part. But also, if there's no power game and it's all three-point shooting, you're going to be one night away from getting upset, and that's what makes it difficult Good to make point. a run. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Lastly, Bucky, uh, we're talking Bucky McMillan at Sanford. Um, obviously, with success uh, comes more opportunity. I, I don't know if you have an agent. I know you're not worried about the next job. You're worried about the next game. But uh, do you have an agent uh, that may that people uh, will could possibly reach out to? Uh, like I said, I know you're not worried about that, but you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of attention when this season is comes over. Or do you handle everything yourself? Now I have somebody I work with. He, he's really good, and but it, it, again, it's not it's not even that. It, yeah, but it, 
but in the in the middle of this, I think everybody in college basketball, the, the way that you say, if you don't have an agent, and I'm not even just meaning for upward opportunities, if you don't have an agent, there's no telling what you could end up signing. Yeah, and that's for every coach out there. Uh, there's just no telling because when one thing you know, Coach Anderson, you know this, we're not lawyers. We don't have any idea what we've up for. So. <laughs> I, I remember Dave Odom's agent when he was hot. He said, I don't care how hot you are. Write that contract like they're going to fire you uh, because, they, <laughs> because yeah. you want to be protected on the back end. So everybody's loving each other now, but let's don't worry about that. Make believe they fire you. Are you going to be happy with this contract if they fire you? Because <laughs> eventually in this business is coming, isn't it, Bucky? It, 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 what do they say? They, they hire coaches to fire them. Yeah, no doubt. Well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good luck with the rest of the season. We'll be following you guys. A uh, 16-game winning streak. Uh, you got Mercer, uh, then Furman. Yeah. Uh, we got, we'll got. we look forward to following you guys throughout the season, and uh, good luck to you guys. Well, if I was still coaching, Bucky, I'd, go, I'd be right there watching you practice. No, I appreciate you, Coach. You've done me a lot to me. I appreciate you all having me on. Thank you, Bucky. Okay, thank you. Yeah. There's Bucky McMillan. I think he does right about the shot clock. You know, you manipulate the possession where they make them burn a lot. You know, coaching uh, in college is a lot different in high school because of the clock there. So, you know, he, and he, I did watch him. I was amazed how much zone they were playing the other night. They pressed back to zone. Well, they they back keep to you man. off balance with their defense. <laughs> you don't ever know what to run. Yeah. You always turn over looking at the bench, waiting on the coach to tell you what to do there. So, uh, hey, I'm happy for him that a high school guy – uh, was given an opportunity to coach in college, and look what he's doing now. I was talking about Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes. Prince Glover and Hayes will also throw you off balance too, because if you if you've been thrown off balance by an injury, and that injury has affected you financially and otherwise, and you need some help, then Prince Glover and Hayes—that's just just in pure terms that you understand. You're sitting there and not knowing what to do. Uh, first time this this situation has ever happened to you. Prince Glover and Hayes are outstanding attorneys at three four five one two three four. They'll be happy to talk with you on telephone, tell you if you need to go forward with this, and if you do, go by seven hundred one Rice Mine Road and visit with them, and they will do everything they can to help you. Prince Glover and Hayes, attorneys that are outstanding. Hopefully, uh, you won't have to, that kind of problem, but if you do, give them a call. Princelaw.net is the website. I always remember, not one penny out of your pocket to sit down with these great attorneys. They'll let you know whether it's worth going forward or not. If they don't win, you don't pay. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. No representation is made that the quality of services performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. Townsend Nissan's the best station in the state breaking down Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. I got the website pulled up right here. I can look at the new inventory. I can pull up the used inventories. I can look at new vehicle specials. I can schedule a service. I got that beautiful 2024 RAV4 out there, one of the hottest selling the Tundras. Uh, out there, we talked about the Grand Highlander, uh, the Tacoma. So get out there, see Justin, see David DeSantis. They'll set you right up. They'll take great care of you. Swing by Skyland Boulevard at Tuscaloosa Toyota. Dot com. I thought this was a, a funny uh, deal on X. I thought it was cool 
the players are going to get paid for name, image, and li- or likeness. I didn't know I was going to have to. I was going to be asked to add that to my monthly budget. Uh, can you imagine, uh, Justin, when you say, "Man, uh, your your parents say, well, son, you didn't get this for Christmas because we had to.'" Uh, we had to help keep Jalen Milrow, uh, at the university. So we took that money that we were going to buy that go-kart with and, uh, we gave it to Jalen Milrow. Uh, would you be I all think right? a lot of our, our listeners kind of have the same idea. Uh, we had an app message from Hick who said, uh, Wimp, I'm, I'm unhappy with the state of college football. I'm hearing a few people in my circle that are giving up their tied pride tickets. It's not an Alabama thing or a coach thing. It's a player thing. I'm over these entitled kids. Why would I give my hard-earned money to a collective to pay an 18-year-old a lot of money to catch a football? I'm over it. Yeah. Uh, also, we got an email uh, from Nelson. He likes to email me from time to time. Uh, and he says, so kids want to leave because Saban is no longer there. Is he at the school they transfer to? Of course not. You don't like the fact that you will be playing for a new coach, so you lead to play for a new coach. Uh, yeah, in some ways, that, but these guys were recruited. Uh, the, I, most of the time, they're going to go to a place where they have a relationship with the staff that recruited them there. In, in this situation, because uh, Coach DeBoer came from so far away, uh, Ryan Grubb, Coach DeBoer, uh, even Womack that was coaching down at South Alabama. No, he didn't come from far away, but South Alabama was not recruiting these kids that is out at Alabama. So generally, if they get in that portal, they're going to go familiar with somebody they're familiar with, aren't they, Dad, where you could see Caleb Downs. He obviously knows Kirby Smart and his staff with T-Rob going over there. So these guys will go to where they're comfortable with the staff, uh, with, with coaching his staff going here at Alabama. Yeah, I think it varies. I think that what the points that you brought out, yes, there are times that uh, they don't do it that way. It's just all according to how they were recruited, the feeling that they had for the school that they did not go to that's now recruiting them because he turned out better than people thought or you were you were good to start with. So I think it's all kind of situations that come up. It's a it's a, a world of, you know, you you in a situation where things don't go right now for the kids, the lawyers step in. It's like, it's like the one-time t- transfer rule. So it's um, kind of interesting to see uh, what's going to happen at the university. I, I went watched that as, as I was coaching there. It was just chaotic, so to speak, uh, when Bray came in to be the new coach. Uh, question marks as to you know whether he was going to be you know whether they're going who they were going to hire to start with, and and uh, and I went to the I went I had the I guess the good fortune of going over to the president's office uh, president's home on Sunday uh, before they made the announcement on Bill Curry, for example. Uh, it was quite different. Yeah, and I put out on X from the first hour, people don't understand NIL is not really the problem. It is a transfer portal. These kids had to sit out a year like the old rule. They wouldn't leave. Kelvin responds, uh, which was one of the oldest arguments ever. Uh, coaches don't have to sit out a year if they do the same thing. And my response to Kelvin is, well, Kelvin – they have to pay the buyout. So these guys, these coaches that leave, supposedly Coach DeBoer did leave. 
but uh, there was $12 million that had to be exchanged between Alabama and Washington for Coach DeBoer to come here. Where these kids leave here, there is no money that has to be paid. They don't have to pay back the scholarship or anything like this. These guys can leave with no penalty. So people try to compare this to the same as coaches leaving. Is a stale, bad argument, in my opinion, uh, Dad. Uh, your thoughts on that? On, on what, on what well, was the last thing? Saying that, well, coaches get to leave, and they don't have to sit out a year, but I'm saying, yeah, but they have to pay a humongous buyout uh, to leave. Yeah. It's not the same as a player leaving as a coach leaving. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, you, have, you have to buy out Bob, you know, a big, very huge buyouts, and $12 million is $12 million. That was, you know, and, um, you know, the, the first question that a coach asks the guy who comes in, are, are you willing to pay my buyout? I don't, you know, he don't, he doesn't say I don't want to have to pay my own buyout. But you, if you're going to get him, you pretty much have to have to pay the guy's buyout. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, and is it a turnoff to y'all, or is it just? Uh, let me ask you this, Justin. Is it a turnoff to you to see Isaiah Bond getting in a Lamborghini? Like that makes me not want to give money. I not give money. Where the kids look, oh my gosh, you got anything? And I heard. Um, <laughs> um, Christian Miller say, well, who's very level headed. First of all, I wouldn't want to pay the insurance on a, on a Lamborghini. Does he know how much it's going to cost to insure that thing? Is that something that you look at as a younger, younger guy is, is a really cool thing or is it a turnoff for a guy getting in a Lamborghini that's 19 years old that's really done nothing to earn that? Well, you know, first of all, um, I'm more of a Ferrari guy myself. <laughs> not that, I, not that I would even have a chance to get one of those cars, but it does turn me off. I, and I think, um, growing up with the university the way I have, I, I very much believe in the, the commitment and passion that a lot, some of these other players are, are committing to, like Malachi Moore, Jaden Roberts most recently. But like, it, it gives a view of, oh, you just went to Texas because they said, Hey, we have a Lamborghini over here and, and you can drive it. If you come play, it's kind of sickening, but also I, I wouldn't say no either if you, they were like, hey, we have $500,000. Yeah, but I hear us. these people saying all oh, these kids are making a humongous mistake. The, you know, the script day, the Alabama, they shouldn't leave Alabama. Guys, come on. Really? Like Georgia has tradition over there. If you go to Ohio State, they got tradition. Florida State's got, that doesn't mean, just just you looking at Alabama and saying you don't want these kids to leave. That don't factor in at that's, all. That's but. exactly right. And Texas is going to have Quinn Ewers coming back. Isaiah Bond's going to be in just as good a situation over there as he was over here. So when you're saying these kids don't know what they're doing, they're getting bad advice. No, they're really not. If I'm going to make it a hundred thousand. A guy's going to pay me six hundred. That's I'm not getting bad advice. It's just you looking at your situation here at Alabama, and not wanting these guys to leave. Uh, these guys came here. For Nick Saban, not the University of Alabama, as much as that must have, must have. Now, a guy like Wilkin Formby, yeah, he grew up here. His granddad played here. Yeah, he. They, he, they don't have Taco Casa over there. In yeah, Georgia, so Texas. but that guy from Iowa, he came here from Nick Saban, and he homesick, and so he wants to go back home. So, whatever. All right, uh, phone lines are open two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. We'll take this break and get out of here and make way for the Gary Harris Show. You listen to Tide one hundred point nine. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. 
Tuscaloosa traffic now from the towns of Nissan Traffic Center. Our accident on southbound 69 at Hillcrest School Road has cleared all lanes open, and we aren't seeing any backup to the area there. It's a quiet drive on 2059 today, looking at just an eight-minute pace both ways between I-359 and Skyland Boulevard. And if you're traveling along McFarland from airport down to Jack Warner Parkway, it's a nine-minute drive there. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Friday. We'll look more at this transfer portal. Uh, we'll find out who's coming and who's going. Also, in the second hour, we'll talk with Coach Sonny Smith, and we'll get you ready for the Alabama-Tennessee game as the tide travels to Knoxville. Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Babe. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy today, the chance of some light rain this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 45, tonight's low 32. Tomorrow, clearing, breezy and colder, the high 38. Very cold on Saturday, the sky sunny, the high at 30. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 29 degrees. In Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament Wimp Sanderson gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room, right here on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside Locker Room, right up to Yellowwood Hotline. Get Pat into the show. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, guys. Hey, want to talk a little bit about the lamb boat and how crazy these guys are. Can you say Brian Robertson? I know. What happened to Brian Robertson in Washington, D.C., and a fancy car that stuck out like a sore thumb? Yeah. That, uh, yeah, and before you shut down what I'm talking about, hey, had Brian Robertson been in an old Dodge pickup truck like I got full-size and mechanically sound, he would not have got shot. <laughs> Probably true. Nobody wants to look at that old truck, do they, Pat? But, hey, but that old truck, I can get in it and drive it to California. It's a uh, 98 Dodge diesel. And that thing's good for half a million miles. But that's why I was just pointing out that in that Lambo, he's out there sticking like out. Like, no, there's quite a few of them out there in Texas. Does he, does he really get in a Lambo or is he just playing around sitting in one? That, 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 that's irrelevant. I, all I heard was he got 750000 oh. And 750000 he's going to have a $300,000 plus tax bill. You know, now, 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 true, he won't pay any state tax in Texas. But, hey, he's going to pay them federal boys to come in to get theirs. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you, Pat. All right, y'all have a blessed day. All right. Uh, not, that, not smart to be showy. Uh, Bye-bye. That, I don't think people know this about you. Uh, but I, when I was talking about Caden Proctor being homesick, you are like, hmm, people don't realize you started at Abilene Christian and you got homesick, right? And you ended up coming back. Nobody knows that, do they? Nope, I did. Tell them about being home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, came back. I, I didn't. One Did you come things, back for a girl? A of, there was a lot of wind, and the only thing that stopped that wind was Bob wire fences. <laughs> Did you come back for a girl? Yeah, came yeah. back for Annette. Yeah, <laughs> there right. you go. Uh, hey, hey, you didn't know that, did you, Justin? That he got home. So can you, yeah. uh, you knowing him like you know him now, that he, Bucky McMillan asked him come t- speak to the team, and he rips the parents. Can you imagine that guy being homesick? 
<laughs> it's a real thing. All right, that's it for today's show. We're going to get out of here and make way for the Gary Harris Show. We'll be back in tomorrow to wrap you up. We'll get you ready for the Tennessee game. We'll uh, talk to you about the Tennessee Volunteers and Rick Barnes and Nate Oz takes his team over to Knoxville, Tennessee. We had a lot of snow up there, man. That downtown area, there was brutal. All right, you're listening to Tide 100.9. It's your home of Alabama Sports. Have a great day, everybody.